Well, hi, and thank you once again for joining me and yet another wonderful guest at Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Again, please like, share, and subscribe if you find this valuable. Also, um, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me in the, the comment section. My contact information will be there, or you can go to ppmhi.org and check out all the different things there as that's constantly updating and we have new resources and Wonderful more interviews coming up our way, but let's begin today with Pastor Dan Reinhold. So um, I'm going to just kind of let you introduce yourself a little bit. Um, but first, before we get to what you're currently doing, I kind of want to just find out what led you into the ministry. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I I became a Christian at 16 in high school uh, through, a, through a friend and tell that story at some point if you want, but but uh, that that youth group was a uh, small church, kind of different theologically than I would be at now, but there was a passion for the gospel and the, uh, the, the, the youth really had kind of a ministry mindset, feel like. And, and so from the beginning of my conversion, that was sort of what I was surrounded by was people who were thinking about how to serve, how to, how to, how to minister. And then I came to college and I got involved in college ministry here at Idaho State University, and I was um, I was going to school, I was getting a degree, I was working, you know, part time. But but all those things just sort of felt like what I was doing on the side. Like my my heart, my my thinking, my time was just given as much as I could to Bible studies and sharing the gospel on campus and meeting up with other students. And I wrapped up school taught high school for a couple of years, continued to volunteer uh, at our at our church. And then our church has an internship program where they'll, they'll bring guys on staff. It's full time. They split their time between education and, and ministry. And they had a need come up there for college ministry and asked if I was interested because they knew I was kind of thinking about, about going into ministry. And so my wife and I, we, we prayed and talked and decided to, to jump in and, and at least give it a try and see if the Lord work through it and if it was a good fit and that was that was 18 years ago wow yeah that's great and so one of the things that you mentioned which i find extremely valuable and and we find consistent throughout many um, people who have responded to the call whether it be in pastoral ministry or full-time ministry and other capacities is that the somebody else um, kind of confirmed that God used other people to say, you know, we see this kind of in you. We see this uh, potential. We see this love for God's word, um, and we want to throw this out. Are you? Would you consider it, or would you uh, think about it and pray upon it? And so, and obviously through your spouse, uh, she confirmed that this was something uh, because you know they're very involved in what we do, uh, whether they're in front of everybody or behind the scenes. Uh, we know that um, God has given us a helpmate, and we definitely need them. So, tell me. Um, uh, so, what's your current role then in your church? And then tell me about your church. Yes, yeah, so I'm the senior pastor or lead pastor at a, uh, a non-denominational Bible church that's affiliated with the IFCA, and uh, we we have maybe maybe 400 people that 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 are that are here. You know, up and down on a Sunday, but but around 400. Uh, we've got three other guys on staff, two two full time pastors, and then one in the internship, same internship that I did. Uh, um, got a mix of rate of ages, so 
So we, we always had a dual emphasis on the campus of ISU and the broader community. And, and so we've got a lot of college students, but we've got a lot of young families and teenagers and empty nesters and just kind of all the way through. Uh, so it's a, it's a neat mix of people that way. Yeah. And so uh, University Bible Church is the name, and it's it's technically in Chubbuck. Is that correct? The main campus? Yeah, our, our main building. We've got we've got two buildings. We have one right in the middle of Idaho State University, the campus, which is kind of where the name came from when it was planted. It yeah. was planted in the middle of the university. And we kept that building. We do college ministry there, and we use it for a variety of other things. But our main building is now out in Chubbuck. Ah, wonderful. Uh, it's nice to see, uh, you know, churches flourish and grow and need to have. And I know that in discussions that we've had, um, you're continuing to deal with some of those wonderful growing pains that we get in the ministry and and how to make the right decision next and and how God has provided uh, for us to do that. And so um, that kind of leads us to the next question is, and how, how do you rely then on church members? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, our, our leadership structure is we're, we're led by a plurality of elders that I'm, I'm one of them, but we currently have three other lay elders, meaning it's not their vocation. It's not their job, but they, um, they share authority equally with me. Um, so when it comes to decision-making, working through things, I maybe take the lead on, on some things, but, but it, it uh, is shared with them. Um, <clears throat> I do the majority of the teaching, but they do a lot of shepherding, meeting with people, counseling, uh, troubleshooting stuff together. And and that's really valuable for, for me. I, I, I mean, personally, I see it in scripture, which is why we go that way. But also why I think it's valuable is that it um, allows me to, to benefit from their strengths. It minimizes my weaknesses. It spreads out the blame or the credit uh, so so if people are upset um i mean i'm i'm the more visible one so it probably comes to me a little bit more often but it is still more like they're upset at the elders not just at me or you know if they're concerned about a decision it comes to the elders not just to to me and so that's incredibly valuable i love those men i'm grateful for them uh and then just kind of broadening out but still in that same theme i, I think of just all the different ways that people serve that I, that I couldn't. And if I were to try to, it, it wouldn't go well. And I would just be super stressed, you know, it's everything from music ministry to kids ministry to, uh, we have a, just a, a wonderful gal in our body that does a lot of counseling for women in our church, counseling and discipleship. Uh, so, so those, they do a better job than I could. And it, it just takes things off of my plate. So I'm going to focus on different things. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, one of the things you, you, you mentioned is, and often the challenge that we have as pastors is um, there's an expectation for us to be able to do um, a lot of things. I mean, after all, Paul says, be all things to all people. So doesn't that mean we have to be able to do everything? Well, that's, that's not a correct uh, uh, interpretation of that scripture, but that's how people look at us and they expect us as pastors to do certain things. And it's really great when you have other people that understand that, hey, you can't do everything, especially in a church your size, but even on a smaller scale, um, you know, uh, there's there's a limit to what a pastor can do. And and it's important for pastors. And I appreciate your your uh, honesty in saying, hey, they can do it better than me. Uh, you know, uh, there's I, I've served with a pastor who um, would never leave 
lead music. Uh, and, and trust me, uh, there are some pastors that should even never even try, uh, because they're just not gifted in those things. And so sometimes there's people who need to do better job at counseling or children's ministry. You know, it's one of those things where, where do you put somebody when they come to the church and they want to help you put them in children's ministry? Don't do that because maybe they shouldn't be in children's ministry. And so you rely on these people for all the various things, two campuses, a lot of ministries, and I love the fact that you have these men around you who you trust, who uh, are willing to share um, the, the load of ministry. Because really, what you're you're what you're hinting at is there's an emotional and a spiritual um, burden that they help bear um, that pastors often find themselves uh, crushed under. And so that's just I'm really happy for you, and I appreciate that your ability to rely on that. And so. Um, you know, we kind of look at how we need church members. Obviously, uh, the church is not just the pastor. Um, but can you tell me about a specific time maybe when you felt built up in ministry? Yeah, um, I think I think just re- recently, even just, just looking at last week. So I've been teaching through the book of Exodus on Sunday mornings. And we're at the the Ten Commandments section. So we've been going at a pretty fast pace, about a chapter a week. But when we hit the Ten Commandments, we we slowed down and spent several weeks there. And the teaching perspective I've been coming from that I think is reflected in the New Testament is that the the law exposes our sin, exposes our need, that uh, like a mirror, and and then it shows us our need for Christ and His life, living the life we couldn't live, and then dying for our, our sin. And, and so that's been a, a theme as we've been developing the the commandments of not just what do they teach, but how does it reveal our need for Jesus? And I just had two just great conversations in the middle of last week. Actually, it was the same day of two people who've talked about wanting to get baptized and and one I didn't know as, as well. The other I've known, I've known pretty well. We've been working through just some good material over time to try to bring clarity on the gospel. And and for both of them, it was just just crystal clear that that they that they get it, they they understand their sin, they understand uh, how the law points to Christ and what Jesus has done for them, and and especially the first appointment, she she was going back to this message that I just had just given, as as not like the moment that it all clicked necessarily, but but as a particularly significant moment, just helping it all to kind of make sense. And I, I, I think that I think I felt built up or, or encouraged because I just take the the task of preaching seriously and spend hours, you know, preparing a message and 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 you wonder, you know, sometimes are, are people getting it? Does it make sense? Is it is it is it is the Lord using it? And so to to hear that feedback in just the way that we want it um, from these two people was great. And then just a day, a couple of days before that. I think it was, or maybe right after, I don't know, one of just our longtime members that I just really respect. Uh, and and she'd be in a different category. She's been in Christ for a long time. She's serving. Uh, she knows the word well. Just after church, just mentioned just how much she's loved this series and how much she feels like she's learning from it. And it's making connections to the rest of scripture. So, so to feel like maybe it's hitting that sweet spot of encouraging those that know the word well, but digging deeper and it's still accessible for people that are brand new in the faith. 
Well, that's that's really important. You know, one of the things that we have discovered in in research is that specific feedback, uh, not just saying, hey, thanks for the message, Pastor, uh, or thanks for being here, but really saying, you know, these things are impacting my life. Because again, like you mentioned, um, we take preaching seriously. I mean, I hope I hope most pastors do, um, because we realize we're doing something that's not just a nice talk. It's not just a motivational speech. This is life transforming messages that we're hoping the Holy Spirit uses to to build people up and to help them grow in their faith. And so when you hear, as you pour your heart out into these activities, uh, and you hear that it's having some specific and 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 tangible, really, um, impact on people's lives, regardless of where they're at in their in their faith journey, is um, really really valuable. So thanks for sharing that, and thanks for taking preaching seriously. Uh, you know that's important. So over the years, you know, how, so how long have you been in ministry now? So I think of it based on how old my son is, because he was like two months old when I started in the internship, and. 18 and a half now so 18 and a half years okay when did so, you take the official senior pastor role there yeah so six years in the internship about uh about six years as a assistant pastor and then it was about six and a half years ago that my predecessor who's been there a long time uh retired and the church selected me uh, as the next senior pastor so okay so full-time ministry for 18 years Yep. Uh, this role as senior pastor, a little over six years, going on seven, it sounds like. Correct. So yep. over the years, you know, I don't, I, I think you are the same, but we're we're keenly aware of our our inability and our insufficiencies and whatnot. Um, and sometimes that's a challenge because pastors can focus on that, um, and it distracts from the sufficiency of Christ. But that's another topic. But <laughs> what have you found over the years to be some one of the most challenging aspects of ministry? I, I think it and I think it fits with sort of what you're just describing there in, in leading up to the question of like assessing and managing complaints, mm. whether they're complaints about about something about me personally or just the church more broadly. Uh, assessing them, knowing that that I, I do have I do have flaws. I mean, I have weaknesses that I'm just not good at. And I've got areas of sin that I'm still growing through. And so when somebody brings something up, assessing, okay, is this is this valid? Um, even if it wasn't done perhaps in just the right way, is there still truth in what they're saying? Uh, is it something I can grow in? Or is it just a weakness that is just, I just have to say, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I am bad at that. You know, like, like so, so assessing that and, and managing it, I think the difficulty of separating out if it's a complaint about me or if it's a complaint about something else in the church, those feel the same. Like mm -hmm. I, I kind of take it kind of take it the same way and realizing that's not that's not true. <laughs> you know, there's there's um, my, my identity is not wedded there in that way to the to the to the church. And so working through those things. Um, to try to learn how to be teachable and receptive to feedback without being crushed or discouraged by it. Uh, knowing that I do need to grow through things, trusting that the Lord is going to use my, my weakness and he'll use his word, uh, even with my flaws, without being apathetic and passive and 
not not trying to to grow or trying to recruit other team members and volunteers and beef up other areas within the within the church. Yes, yeah, does, does that make sense? Yeah, it seems like you've developed, um, you know, maybe you need to write it down or something, but it seems like you've developed kind of a, a, a step to assessing situations because often, um, and one of the things that I appreciate about you is is how thoughtful you are. Um, and I think that that as we look at our culture today, uh, we, have, we have people that just react all the time. And so it's really easy for us just to react um, and recognizing that that we we immediately take everything personally, and uh, like you said, there's no separation between whether it's at me personally or something in the church. It feels the same because again, we care so much about God's people. We care so much about the ministry um, that a lot of times, uh, I think you use the word our identity is kind of sometimes wrapped up in in those two things, and really stepping back and going, um, wait, I'm a child of God first, and and this. This doesn't change that. Um, and so I really think it's valuable. Uh, one of the things that I try to do in, in the work that I do is to give people tools to every week, if they can, even every day, to pause and think about some things. Um, mm -hmm. Because as pastors, right, we just go on to the next thing. We're busy. Um, and I'm convinced we make ourselves busier than we need to be. But that's a whole, again, a different conversation. <laughs> but um um, so, so you have these, you know, all of us have flaws and we're keenly aware of them. How have you relied then on church members or how they helped you meet some of these challenges? Well, I think, I think part of it goes back to what I described other earlier about a, a plurality of, of leadership and a team approach that way so that there might be things that I am weak in, but one of these other guys, whether they're on staff or a you know a key volunteer, that they are are stronger in, and to to just be grateful for that, rather than to compare myself and think oh, I wish I was better at, at this or that, just to be grateful for the way the Lord assembles His body, just as He so desires, and and gives gifts as He desires, and that that we function best, we each grow best, and the church grows best when when there is a dependence upon one another. And so, so allowing those <clears throat> com complaints or weaknesses that, that come up to, to, to cause me to depend upon others, that, that helps. Can you ask the question one more time? Because I want to make sure I'm, I'm hitting just what you are. So, I mean, how have church members helped you, you know, deal with these challenges that you mentioned? Yeah. 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 So, Within the leadership, it's that way. Um, with with other people, there are there are trusted people, some some of whom are on our board, others who aren't. That if something comes up, maybe somebody has a complaint about an aspect of church life, um, you know, my teaching or the music or uh, kids ministry or whatever it might be, uh, asking somebody to trust, like, hey, do you do you see this too? This is what the other person brought up, and I don't, I don't. See it personally, but I know I might just be blind to it. Um, do you have any concerns in that area? And and sometimes they'll say, "Yeah, you know, I think they might be onto something." Or other times they'll say, "No, I don't. I don't think so." And and so that 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 helps. That helps to to cut through blind spots that I might have, uh, but also to just kind of reassure if 
if somebody has a complaint that it's it's maybe is an isolated thing. Yeah, I really like what you say because you, you know a lot of times um, we hold these things in rather than saying to others that we trust. Hey, you know, I, I do I have a blind spot here? I, I during COVID, I had one uh, church member come up to me really upset with 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 my sermon felt it was politically charged and 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 she was just really frustrated and so I'm like man I, I didn't I didn't you know and she walked away frustrated and we have praise the Lord we had a council meeting where we have about nine people after church and 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 I just said hey let me ask you guys we just sat in this this uh, did you did you see this and um it, you know because I I could have misspoke. I'm I'm good at doing that. I'm convinced that the more words that we use, the more chance we have to say something wrong. And 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 uh, so it was really good. I think as you shared to to be honest and go, hey, did I did I miss up here or did, am I missing something? I'm um, getting that feedback from people who you know will 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 be thoughtful and and who care about the ministry care about you and so um you know again one of the things i try to coach pastors in is is to find people that you can um confide in and share because we we can't carry the whole burden and so when something happens in the church again whether it be a criticism towards you or just general problems that happen when people get together um, you know, you can't be all places at all times and you don't see everything as a pastor. You don't see everything, um, correctly sometimes because, uh, you're looking at it from a lot of times a very different vantage point, not because we stand on tall pulpits every week and look down on people. No, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually people kind of look down on you and your setting. It's kind of angled that way. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's just, great. Of, just something you just mentioned there. I, I just think of often with, the. Uh, just the dynamics of pastoral ministry. And, and we have guys through the internship. We talk about that what we do so much of it is it's, it's before people like it's, it's public. It's uh, and it, it is just a lot of words. I think you, know, how you said, you know, we just, we, 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 we speak a lot. There's a lot of teaching. And so mistakes are like public. They're the growing process is public um, as opposed to maybe other vocations, just thinking about, even compared to other locations where you're you're growing, you're learning, you're you're working on skills, but but maybe just one or two other people see it. And so you make a mistake, one or two other people see it, they they help correct it. But but you're preaching a, a sermon and you're you're growing in that process. And perhaps there's dozens or hundreds of people that are that are seeing it. And and I think that can be hard from a like a fear of man perspective of kind of the, the just just the internal desire if there's a desire to please people that's um that would kind of compare to fear of man uh that that just weighs on that and so learning to just recognize the reality of that 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 i these mistakes are going to be public but i'm not ultimately living for the approval of people it's I want to please the lord yeah. uh, don't preach myself but christ jesus is lord and and um, ultimately, want to please him, um, but but it's that public nature of it that I think makes it hard sometimes. Yeah, it's not like uh, actors who can uh, you know re redo the scene. I mean, I guess yeah. it's like live stage theater. I guess <laughs> we can look yeah. at it, make a mistake, everyone's seeing it. Yeah. Um, but but again, there's the 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 eternal um, and spiritual aspect of it 
that carries a lot more weight than if I'm on stage doing a play and I mess up my line, right. uh, you know, and that's, and that weighs on us. And, and you mentioned something too, that I think um, as strong as we try to be, we really, we really are a little bit weak inside and we do want people to be happy, right? We want everyone to like us. And um, the reality is we can't make everybody like us. Um, and so again, I really appreciate you, um, going back often um, throughout this interview to that our identity is is really in Christ and he's the one that we're 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 most focused about and because of his work on our behalf he is pleased with us and so it's uh it's it's hard for us to remember that that Christ has bestowed his very life upon us and his righteousness is upon us and so it's a win uh, you know, so, uh, so you kind of mentioned this already, but I, maybe you can find a different example, um, of how someone in your church has made you smile within the last couple weeks. Yeah. So there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, a sweet family. I've known a long time that, that I've appreciated for a long time, but the last couple of years they've been unable to be here much in person because of caring for some older family members and and they still still stay in contact still watch from home uh connected with others in our body but i i, I just haven't seen them personally in, in in quite a while and we had uh I was, it was several weeks ago and we had some snow and and twice within a couple of days i think it was a friday afternoon and then then early sunday morning uh on a sunday morning i'd come in early prepared to in case I needed to shovel a little bit in case somebody else hadn't done it. And uh, he was already here and, and was, was shoveling. And it, it was, a, I think it made me smile for a few reasons. One, I just, um, I just hadn't seen him in a while and I you know, missed him and it was just good to connect with him. And I just appreciated that, that he was thoughtful for that and, and came in to, to serve and he was there and, and, and did it early. So, so I didn't, you know, feel a need to, and could could pivot and focus on other things. And I think he said something like that. Hey, you've got other stuff to do. I can do this. You know, you've got other stuff to do. Um, some, something like that. And so uh, that was just really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, that's always great when when they recognize uh, that what you do is, is that important. Uh, and, you know. Uh, there's seasons, right? I mean, you kind of you kind of indicated you were planning on doing some shoveling, uh, mm -hmm. but you didn't have to. And and I think uh, again, it's not because you're not willing to. It's because someone recognizes that hey, I, I can do this. Uh, the pastor needs other things to focus on. So that's that's great. So if we were to sum it up, and maybe maybe you can't. Well, I know you can. So that's a that's a dumb thing for me to say. But what is your desire for the people at your church? Yeah, so a few years ago, we were we were thinking about this. It was just after it was just after COVID, and things were were opening back up, and we we were just experiencing some some kind of rapid growth for a variety of different factors, including people that were moving into Idaho, trying to leave other areas because of politics or just you know different things i wanted to wanted to come back to want to come to maybe a smaller town and so that as well as people coming from other places in town and people coming to christ and and so we wanted to think about how, how can we succinctly summarize the key things we value as a church and and what we want to to, to pass on and so 
worded it this way, that we want to, we want to be and make disciples that are uh, gospel centered, Bible focused and Christ exalting. So, so that's what we want to be. That's what we want to pass on to others. That's just well, that's part of our DNA. So gospel centered, meaning that that certainly the gospel is in every sermon. We we look at ways to connect it to Christ, uh, but but more than that, that our our counseling and discipleship approach is is going to come back to the gospel and and uh, help help people to see the the way that the key issues of their life connect to what Jesus has done for them on the cross that the culture of our church, we want to have a gospel culture, meaning if I, if the reality about me is that I'm a sinner, but Jesus loves me and he died for me and and, and I'm saved by his grace, uh, that's how I should also respond to others. So at the end of Ephesians 4, where it says we're to forgive one another just as God in Christ has forgiven you. That means we should have a culture of church that's forgiving and and kind to one another, tender-hearted, because that's what God has shown us. So gospel-centered, uh, Bible-focused. So certainly in our, our preaching, so we would do have a perspective of expository preaching where we're working through books of the Bible typically and, and individual sections of it. And the big idea of that passage is the big idea of the message. But again, also in our approach to counseling and children's ministry and discipleship, we, we want God's Word to to, to be what we focus on because we think it's living and active. And 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 so Bible focused and Christ exalting, meaning it's not about it's not about me or building my brand or or our church in that sense. It's not ultimately my church or even our church. It's his church. He's the one who builds his church. And so what most matters is not what do I want in the church, but what does he want in the church? And, and so those those are kind of three things we come back to uh, often. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think it helps um, people who attend the church go, hey, what, what is, uh, what's the goal here? <laughs> what, what do we, and so that, that, that uh, consistent message and focus, again, which is so rooted in what, what we believe uh, God wants for his people and what the Holy Spirit is working into people's lives. And so, Dan, thank you for your your labor, your hard work, uh, your love for for not only our Lord and Savior, but also for God's people. Um, uh, just keep up the good work. Thanks for spending time with me here. Uh, and uh, for those of you who find this valuable, again, please uh, like, share, and subscribe. Reach out to Dan. I'll put, if it's okay, if I'll put the website for your church sure. in the comment section, and that will be great. And you kind of mentioned Ephesians 4. The middle of Ephesians 4 is kind of where I derive what I try to do is how the body is working together uh, to, to grow and to build one another up in love, which is why we are, as pastors, need uh, the church and the people in the church to work together with us uh, to do their part as we're trying to do our part. And the whole goal is to build one another up in love. And we know that God is love. So we're building one another in Christ. So again, thanks again, Dan, and bless your day. Yeah, thanks very much.